0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Mass Construction Show, with today's guests, Mohammed El Shami, founder at Contec Global, Julian Miller, Director of Operations at NS Builders, and Adam Palmer, Project Executive at JM Electrical Company. I'm your host, Joe Kelly, and this is a podcast about all things construction in Massachusetts and beyond. A while back, I pulled a group of mass cons on LinkedIn and Instagram to see who has purchased an NFT, who knew what an NFT was, or who had no idea what an NFT was. My goal was to get a sense of the construction industry's knowledge of NFTs and also take the temperature for my potential venture into learning about and possibly creating an NFT for myself. This episode, as a result, is a roundtable discussion with three of the people that responded to the poll saying that they had purchased an NFT themselves. Hopefully, you'll take this chance to learn alongside of me. If this discussion is not for you and you're finding a board, if you want to fast forward to around the 50ish minute mark, depends on how long this intro is, uh, and you'll hear what my plans are for an NFT in the future and see if you are interested in that. I'll give you a spoiler. It involves cigars. So please uh, fast forward to that point if the rest of the education on NFT isn't for you. Today's show is brought to you by Central, commercial carpenters and supporters of our conversation enjoy the show hey guys welcome to the mass construction show
1: good morning hey, joe good morning there we go
0: we're here in all over massachusetts presumably and actually you in massachusetts right now mohammed i am yes you are okay everybody here mass uh, so before we get started I mean, we've got a random mix of folks that are all in the construction industry. So why don't we just give a, a quick uh, run-through of who we are? Maybe we'll start with Mohammed.
2: Okay, um, so currently right now, I'm kind of doing my own gig. I run a company called Contact Global, um, offering the uh, administrative on-demand services and uh, uh, what's it called, technology consulting services to companies, to construction companies in the U.S. Um, I think that's as brief as I could keep it. <laughs> that's great. And uh, pretty heavy on
0: the Procore front, if I remember. Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, Julian?
3: Um, I work for Others. We're a custom home builder in the greater Boston area, and I oversee the operations.
1: And Adam? Um, uh, I currently work, uh, or I work at JM Electrical, uh, Director of Operations, and uh, we are a low voltage uh, HVAC controls and specialty wiring contractor.
0: Awesome. So good mix, all from construction. We've got Mohammed, Julian, Adam. You know, the goal of today, and me, I'll put it in the intro as well, is just to have a novice conversation about NFTs with people that are in the construction industry. Because I think people that do hear about NFTs think it's all about you know, tech or street artists or whatever you kind of think about. But, um, much like when I had Eric Sanford on to talk about smart contracts, you know, we think about them in one way, but in reality, it's, there is a chance that this comes to construction. So let's just have a few construction people talk generically about NFTs. And then at the end, I'd like to talk a little bit, um, about my very poorly formulated ideas around NFT for myself. So uh, we'll get there. But first off, and uh, here's the, the disclaimer on all this. Everybody on this call makes zero claim of I'm an expert or even that I know a lot about NFTs. No one here knows a lot about NFTs. The prerequisite to get on this show was you have purchased an NFT. So th- there's the there's the ground level. that That's all it's saying. So w- with that said, and we're going to kind of start with Adam, because he's the one that was like, no, I'm probably not the right person because I know nothing. We're going to start with Adam, and uh, maybe you could kind of tell us, in your words, casually, what is an NFT?
1: Yeah. Um, so I think a lot of us, and myself included, think of NFT as just a piece of digital art. I know it's a lot more than that, you know, a non-fungible token assigned to a something, uh, and it can be assigned in really anything from a house to a piece of art to a piece of digital. Um, but in, in general, the application that I've seen it use and used it in is it's owning a piece of digital art and having that NFT assigned to you personally.
3: OK, Julian. Yeah, I would generally second that um, digital asset that gives you ownership of it, and it's unique. Um, and that it can't be copied uh yeah. to, to summarize it
0: yeah that's a big part of it right like when they say non-fungible what it means is it can't be and this is in my primitive language it can't be swapped for something else it's not it it's not ex exchangeable or um it's one of them yeah, it's one of one where some of the examples I've heard say is someone says if you have a hundred dollar bill, you could exchange that for five twenties and they're equal. Or if you have an ounce of gold, someone could give you a different ounce of gold and it's it's all the same. But where an NFT is not fundable, can't be uh, swapped evenly for something else. It's just it's one of a kind. It's an only thing. Right.
2: Mm-hmm. Mohammed your your words um I agree with Adam and Julian and I think it's just it's going to get more into it I think it started out as this art collecting digital art form but I think it's going to be more than that and it's it's going to be a a token of entry into places or a token of you know you might be able to be the Delta first class nft club if you have this then you have access to the first class lounge whenever kind of thing um I think there was Gary V that also created um a restaurant or is in the process of creating a nft restaurant right now if you buy you buy you buy his nfts and they're access to they're basically gives you access to the exclusive restaurants I think it's going to go in that direction as well um but definitely there is also the fine digital art collecting era that we see starting
0: Yeah, I definitely, uh, I certainly want to go there where it kind of crosses and I think Julian's purchase was across into the. From the strictly digital world to a physical Mm -hmm. component, Mm -hmm. but if. You were just walking down the street and someone says, tell me what an NFT is. I know you said you agreed with Julian and Adam, but yeah, um, I would,
2: I would say it's, it's something online that you could like, just not going into like any very, you know, technical data, I'd say it's something online that you could purchase. It's one of one, you buy it and no one else could have it. Right now it's in the form of art. It could change. Um, A lot of people are making money off of them them, by flipping them. Um, And it's it has connections to crypto. (laughs) So I would explain.
0: So those are all good things, right? So it's a one-of-one. It's kind of started with art. It could morph into the real world. Yep. And um, in some degrees, people look at it as an investment. Yes. So you have an investment component. It's purchased with crypto, started with
2: the investment component also goes with the with the art piece, right? Because if you pour, you you purchase a, a famous piece of art, it, it does go up in value. So I think it's just there's all I think that hype might calm down later on with NFTs, and only NFTs that are actually valuable will continue to rise in price. Mm. Versus everything just rising in price currently.
0: <laughs> yep. Yep. Okay. Yeah, that's excellent. So I think people are starting starting to get a picture of what that is. And I definitely want to get to the point where we're going a little deeper about what we think might happen. But let's talk about specifically because um, I know I would be in the same boat. I had to go on YouTube a few times to just refresh myself. When you want to purchase, and maybe we'll just go on the with uh, Julian first. Actually, no, it's not because you did it a little differently. Let's go with Mohammed first. Muhammad, when you purchased it, how did you physically do that? Because I'm sure the average person listening is going. <laughs> i don't i don't own crypto where do i buy this do i use a credit card how do i know so the, real the first and I'm thing, not
2: gonna get i i had already some crypto which was kind of the first thing i guess the first thing you got to purchase it is you got to get some crypto i'd recommend coinbase you know you just connect your bank account you could connect a debit card or whatever but you make your purchase you buy it in ethereum um and then you connect
0: pardon me have interrupted go for it. but this is an education for me as well as for others, mm-hmm. So, you're saying you recommend Coinbase, and that would be the equivalent of um, oh my god, I'm brain. So it's, a right? digi-
2: it's a digital wallet. Um, but and- so but
0: Coinbase is not the equivalent of why can I not think the most co- Bitcoin? It's not like an equivalent to Bitcoin. No,
2: right? no, it, it's where you house your Bitcoin or Ethereum or any other crypto that you that they allow on their uh, wallet, um, so I used them as a wallet. I already had Ethereum, but you had to connect it to MetaMask, which is what you would be able to use to purchase off of OpenSea, which is the website where you can browse and search for NFTs, or one of the okay. one of the websites that you can browse and search for NFTs. Okay. And then you went to OpenSea and purchased.
0: Yes. Right. All right, Adam. How did you go about it?
1: um I've done a couple different ways my my original uh venture into nfts though was through a website called art grails and uh they, they had a I got particularly involved in it I had been involved in crypto and kind of playing around with that especially over uh COVID, where or had nothing else to do um <laughs> but Art Grails did a drop with uh Alec Monopoly who's an artist that I really like so I told my wife I was like oh you got nothing else to do might as well just buy this stuff so she, she was game, and she uh, was
0: thrilled about that. Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: so they actually—they're on their first drop, and I think still now, but I'm not hundred percent. They—they actually allowed credit cards straight up. Um, you mm-hmm. could buy it. You could buy it with a uh, crypto, but you could just do credit cards straight up, and that's—that's that's how I had purchased mine. Uh, th- they had a huge glitch um, where it didn't get minted right, and this and that. And actually, mine's missing right now, and they're trying to find it. So they can't even, uh, I don't know. They sent me a shirt that said I survived dark rails. So I have like a legit shirt and uh, I'm I'm missing two NFTs. So um, that's, that's part of the problem with a lot of this stuff is that there's no like customer support or anything on the other end. You're just buying stuff and you may or may not get it um so I had it for a little bit and then it
0: went away but. all right th- this is the part we clearly should be cutting out because everybody's just saying, <laughs> what are these lunatics telling me to invest in yeah
1: <laughs> we're not telling you to do anything I'm yeah, just yeah. telling you what happened <laughs>
0: yeah no go for it I'm sorry I'm just kidding
1: so. yeah so yeah currently I, I have the thought of owning an uh an Alec monopoly nft but it's uh currently uh, missing
0: and did you purchase a different one as well? oh uh, yeah.
1: So I last night I was like, all right, I should probably just refresh my mind a little bit. So I I, I have an artist that I follow, Brian Garcia. So I own some of his real art, um, but he's starting to uh, produce a lot of NFTs on uh, OpenSea as well. Um, so I went on OpenSea and just just like Muhammad said, I you know I went through MetaMask. Um, I, I I own a lot of my crypto in Robinhood, which I know isn't one hundred percent real yet. So I couldn't transfer. So I on, on MetaMask I had to buy um Ethereum through Metaverse, maybe. And then they put it in there and then they transfer it to um OpenSea and you can buy it through there.
0: Okay. And is is that picture in the background, Alec Monopoly? Behind me? Uh no,
1: there's one over on the other wall. Uh, because he did a release with Barstool. Um, this is just a that's just a Monopoly. Uh it says electric company. It's kind of a little play on what we
0: do okay oh yeah yeah, good point yeah the uh guys at focus forward who do a lot of media stuff and i work with them on a bunch of things they bought the barstool alec monopoly uh, yeah without just
1: being completely dizzy see you can see in the corner there oh yeah there you
0: go yeah that was that um the barstool fund right to raise money for small restaurants correct yeah so that that
1: that was an actual print that they did i don't know probably right right six months into covid or something like that it's um, yeah. so a limited edition print that that Alec did.
3: Awesome. All right, Julian. Starting to feel like I'm actually the novice. I think Adam nailed that. Well, uh, um, Adam
0: cheated last night. He went and bought another one.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> um, I went about it a little bit differently and kind of stumbled into it. My wife and I were living in San Francisco, and we just we moved back to Boston this summer. Um, but there was a, a street artist in San Francisco that we kind of liked and thought that it'd be a little sentimental to purchase something from them. And, and, and their name is Finch. Um, and I think I was following Finch on, on Instagram and he posted something about releasing a piece of artwork and that he was going to try to sell it as an NFT that you could then return uh, for the physical piece of artwork. Um, so at the, honestly, I Nothing about NFTs and uh, I just would follow on the instructions and kind of see how it would go. Um, so they, th- this artist used a website called Maker's Place, um, which is a, a digital online market essentially. Um, and Maker's Place sort of claims that they verify the uni- uniqueness and authenticity of the digital creations. Um, and Mohammed alluded to this, uh, but they do that through the Ethereum blockchain, right? And the little that I knew about the blockchain is that it's essentially a public database. Um, I could be wrong about that, but, um, and it's not owned by like a a central authority per se. And so once something is is set into that uh, blockchain, it's, I understand it to be impossible to change. And so I, I like started to look into it a little bit once I was moving forward with the transaction. Um, but unlike Muhammad or Adam, I, I didn't pay for the NFT with uh, Bitcoin or some sort of a, a digital wallet. I actually just paid with a credit card. When I bought it with a credit card, it essentially gave me what they called an asset-backed token, which more or less in my understanding is is the nft and in order for me to exchange that um there were a set of instructions um and essentially emailed the artist that you know hey i wanted to trade my nft for a physical piece of artwork and uh, they initiated a transfer through some form of of blockchain and yeah i basically gave back the digital artwork to the artist and and then they created the physical piece of art
0: so yeah that's really unique so you had just basically it was an option you purchase this you could keep the digital art in the nft and sell that nft if you wanted to down the line right or you could at some point say i want to trade this nft back to the original seller and
3: receive a physical piece of art. Clear. Exactly. Um, okay. And maybe now looking back on it, I should have hung on to the-, the, the Yeah, she of the Money. <laughs> yeah, um, <she> should have. <laughs> but, but at the time we were more interested in having the physical piece of artwork we could put on our wall. So um, <laughs> good learning experience.
0: Yes. Uh, so help me out. So you were at Maker's Place. Adam, you said, what was the name of the platform? Art Grails. Art Grails. Muhammad. you purchased through OpenSea? Yes. Okay. So it seems like OpenSea is um, the biggest player in the market. Like maybe you want to think of it as Amazon Online or Walmart in real life. And yep. But there are other places that might be like uh, if OpenSea is Budweiser, what's the uh, – Beer company in Central Western Mass that is escaping me. Wormtown. Uh, Worm Treehouse. Treehouse. Treehouse is what I was thinking of. But yeah, like you can go to these little kind of the local ones places and buy. Yeah, definitely. Um, so. and so correct me if I'm kind of synthesizing what everybody says. You go, uh, and maybe I should say it in the other order. But you, in, you purchase from OpenSea. We'll just say OpenSea because it's the biggest. In order to purchase from OpenSea, you need to have a wallet with Ethereum in it. And Ethereum is a cryptocurrency. Yes. Right? Just like uh, Bitcoin, but this is a different version. And then from that wallet, you purchase something and that NFT, the record of it is stored on the blockchain. And I think a few people mentioned it but the fact of the matter is because when people were saying i think it was julian and somebody else said like that no one owns or there's no custom adam talked about customer service it's a um it's decentralized like we hear a lot of like decentralized finance and all this it's just basically that there's no one person or company that owns the whole thing yeah yeah okay
2: yes sometimes when you're trying to get with like a nft famous nft drop I know Julian was saying I found something like he found something on Instagram um you gotta get like you gotta join a discord group and you just gotta wait for like you gotta get whitelisted to purchase it it's not always as easy as I want to go buy this and I want to buy it nfts that that are kind of hyped up right now pre -pre pre-launch and are slated to basically go up in price big time so they launch at, let's say like one ethereum or something which is roughly three grand um but probably in like a week you could sell it for like 30 you can't always just buy the original launch because there's a limit like you know there maybe 500 pieces or a thousand pieces or whatever it is um so sometimes you have to join the discord there's a bunch of bots in there and you're trying to get whitelisted from the, from the admins and it uh, this is just, I tried it pr- recently with this NFT called Baby Birkin, which is a play on the Birkin bag from Hermes that all the, and the, like everyone's buying and super expensive. But I couldn't do it because I had to join Discord and basically text nonstop trying to get whitelisted. So I was like, I don't have time for this. And I obviously just put it side.
0: Would time. it be fair to say it's almost like think about um, if it was a, Concert ticket that was really hard to get. Yeah, like, there'll, be, there'll be you will be scalpers, of the box. Absolutely,
3: yes. yeah. What's a that, with, great to, analogy?
0: Yeah, with the Art Grails one that I went,
1: I, I had to wait in the waiting room for like three hours to just get it.
0: The you know,
1: it, it yeah. takes, So
0: it's like waiting in line for tickets, right? Absolutely,
1: yeah. And then I, you got like five minutes to check out because um, yeah. they only have a certain amount of every one.
3: That that's a good hmm. point, Adam. I, um. There was only 12 pieces of the artwork that were available um and so once once the artist dropped uh, or basically like opened um this website to allow you to purchase the nft you know you had to be you know one of the first 12 people in order to get access to it so i just got really lucky Mm -hmm. um so i I think that's an interesting point um joe one, one other thing that was interesting to me is I think Mohammed you said that you had to purchase Ethereum, which is a currency, correct? Yes. So, Maker's Place, um, you—I didn't have to actually purchase Ethereum. The only thing that I was paying for was the artwork, um, and so I didn't have uh, like an Ethereum wallet or like a coin, Coinbase account connected to to Maker's Place, which you can do, uh, I didn't know that at the time. And, um, makers place actually ended up initiating the transfer using their own, um, Ethereum, what, what they call gas, right. In order to initiate that transfer.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Which, which was, I wonder crazy. if what happens if the price changes from the time that you check out to the time they actually fulfill the transaction and you're like short the dollar or $2
3: it's yeah, a good question i mean i th- there was a set value that i paid um and there was there was no sort of description around that like the possibility of that changing i think in that regard muhammad
1: too though that when they if they accept credit cards they set the price based on dollars not ethereum it's like the yeah. one i bought was set on dollars not like but if you if you buy an open c it's point, you know 0. 0.02 ethereum or something so yeah you have to you have to be dead nuts on with the ethereum not
3: on the us dollar yeah for yeah. sure yeah, and they they had mentioned in text that you could pay to speed up the transaction because when you when you purchase it and it goes through this, you know, blockchain or Ethereum network, um, that could get slowed down if if there's a lot of volume yep. on that network. Um, again, I didn't when I did this. One, I didn't know how to to pay to speed it up. Um, there was just a set price and, and I paid it and it fortunately worked out. But um, there were a lot of moving parts around this that I was totally naive of. The, the
1: other issue is that most banks will deny any credit card purchase through all this. Every time, like even last night when I was just buying Ethereum, they, it took three tries to, to get Chase to allow me to do it. And and a lot of places, they won't even let you do it. Uh, even if you completely authorize the purchase, they'll just say, no, we're not going to let you let you buy that.
0: Interesting. I, I I did see that i have like an old paypal mm-hmm. account on my phone and i see that like i've gotten pop-ups on that um that you can buy bitcoin through them yeah they have a wallet now you know so maybe or even if you buy maybe if you buy the bitcoin through them and then you can purchase ethereum with that is a, a way around it but um not it starts definitely. getting pricey to convert
1: it, though, because then you have to pay gas fees and mining fees every time. Like you can, it really, it really dampers the the uh, the profitability or like it just it cuts the cost a lot. Hmm. Like Fifty dollars $50 to mine something or whatever it is.
3: Okay. The, the gas fee is essentially just a transaction fee, right? Like if if you yes. were to compare that, like you're, you're a merchant and people are using their credit card to buy something from you, you have to pay a certain percentage, you know, for each transaction. That, that to me is what it seems like. Yeah, just like
0: in, right? I have QuickBooks. If I allow, which I do allow, my clients to pay with a credit card, yeah, I get whacked at the two point five percent fee. Exactly. But if you're talking about large dollar transactions, that's that can that can add up, you know. Right. For sure. Um. Okay. Great. So I think that I think we've got the kind of process down i think julian kind of expressed why he purchased his so maybe we'll let's go to muhammad muhammad what was your thought process about um why you made that particular purchase
2: i had no idea what nft was right i have a friend that is very into crypto um and by very into crypto i mean like he like 24 7 that's all he talks about like and he shot me a text once he's like hey you you don't
0: like to be around him that often yeah
2: (laughs) he's like you (laughs) want to make some some money I was like sure how he's like buy this I was like like okay like what what is it so I got on the phone with him and he started explaining it a bit. he's like I'd like I'm I'm taking a bet on this and I think it'll make some money and and this was like you know start of the nft thing I was like all right like you know it's a couple hundred dollars we'll buy it We'll, we'll see how it does you know, it would be the first time I lost some money on stock market or crypto or whatever. <laughs> um yeah. but it but it worked out. Um, I he's he's done a lot more of it, but so I did it as like kind of a gamble on an investment. It felt a little weird buying something online that was an art piece that I had no idea what it was. I couldn't do anything. I just had a picture of it on my phone. And I was like, Yeah, I own this thing. <laughs> um, but but no, I've I've definitely I've purchased another one recently um on an nft arabia website that launched um in the middle east with middle eastern artists they're much cheaper so i, f- I figured i'd do that the I, I haven't sold it yet but it's not really there's no demand for it um mm-hmm. so that's kind of where i'm at i think i'm buying them as investments more than anything else
0: okay so it seemed like you are buying as investments. Julian was, you wanted that piece of art from that artist. There was some nostalgia with San Francisco while you were there. You said San Francisco, right? Yeah. You and your wife were in San Francisco. There's some nostalgia there. Adam, was it more fun?
1: Yeah, just something. It, it was just an in, just, just to try the experience and see what it was up. Uh, that, that particular website happened to be quite new. Uh, and it was their first, mm-hmm. they've, they've since kind of smoothed it all over. Uh, it's a lot better now. Um, but uh, like going to the one I bought yesterday, like this particular artist, if you buy from him, then, uh, he'll actually make it like Julian said, he'll make the art real for you as well. You don't have to give it back. Um, but you can just buy the real piece of art as well. And then you get, um, exclusive access to, uh, to some other stuff that he has. So it, I like that idea, um, mm-hmm. a little bit more where it's, all right, you bought the thing and then you get more access to something else. Um, Cause I struggle with like, yeah, sure. I own one of 500 things that somebody released online but everyone in the world can look at it and own it or not own it, but they can look at it just the same as me that owns it. So it's very strange, um, but it, it's kind of neat. And uh, you know, but like Mohammed said you really have to buy the rare releases or drops. Cause if you go on OpenSea, there's so many. Um, the fact that someone is going to come by yours again um, is is uh, you just have to blow up somewhere or get get somebody to notice you
0: hmm. yeah yeah so it sounds like Julian got even screwed worse than we originally thought because you got the actual art and kept, kept got the key to NFT <laughs> no, <I don't> now <laughs> yep exactly you email the guy and try and get it back so you have yeah. both of them yeah <clears throat> I forget where I was I got distracted by uh, taking a shot an uh, unnecessary shot at Julian. Um, no, it's all good. I, I was
3: asked <laughs> by the, the the parking maid who's about to give me a ticket so.
0: <laughs> I owe you a ticket. I, I owe you a coffee. No, actually coffee won't cover a parking ticket. I owe you, yeah I owe you dinner. there we go um, okay, so it, it was some mix of sounds like fun, artwork, nostalgia, learning, investing, you know that's where it all kind of fits. Yeah. Where do you? And let's let's start, Muhammad. Muhammad, Where do you see this going? Because we're obviously super early here. Everybody's learning; it's clunky. Adam had a thing. Well, Adam still can't find his, which is frightening. (laughs) Um, You know, there's problems with the bank. But where do you where do you see this going?
2: I really think it's going to be tokens for hard to get into places, or tokens that get you things that you can't really get. normally by just walking into a place i think every normal like i think starbucks is going to have an nft that allows you to get a specific access to either a specific store or a specific drink or something i don't know but i think it's going to be a token into things that are more you know blocked off to the public or if you don't have a NF- certain NFT, you can't access this place. If you're not a member of a specific NFT club, um, mm. you know, because yes, you all own the specific NFT, but you're part of the, the, the club or whatever that they've created that sells the specific NFT. And you can see that a lot of the celebrities are buying from certain clubs. And I feel like those clubs are going to create a certain physical place where you can attend. Um, it might even go into the metaverse that we now see happening with facebook and you can buy properties and land and stuff
0: Mm. yeah so you think it becomes more of an access pass or like a what's the high end aim mx like is it mx black or something like yeah yeah you know so it becomes like an exclusive i think it's the online
2: equivalent probably yeah and then depending on what level of nft you get
0: yeah And then what do people think about it? You often hear that it's a little bit of, I hate to use the term status, but is there, what do you guys think about there being a status component of having, you know, Because you see that, I guess it's important, we're talking about digital art, we're talking about a passport, but I've seen like the video of a Michael Jordan famous dunk become NFT. How do you think the status weighs into this? And that's kind of open for everybody if you want to.
3: I I think that's, um, I think Mohammed's point is actually really interesting and I tend to agree with that. Um, I think, you know, he mentioned the metaverse, right? I don't know a whole lot about it other than if if it does start to take off and become, you know, more and more popular where people are essentially buying an avatar and you know, say your wife loves Louis Vuitton bags. Um, She could buy Louis Vuitton might sell a token as an NFT for one of their digital bags. So you're walking around the metaverse. um, And now you have a Louis Vuitton wrapped around your arm, or, you know, a Ferrari or something, you know, again, it goes back to these like, exclusive elements that that people are, you know, seeking in their daily lives. Mm. And and so I think that that aspect of NFC's um, could be really interesting and could really expand quite a bit. Um, I, I also will second uh, the thought that Muhammad had about um, a token to get into, you know, whether it's a exclusive bar. I've actually heard on a couple podcasts people talking about, um, you know, you have your, your Ivy League schools, like a Stanford, you know, maybe you never went to Stanford, but you want access to Stanford for some reason. And Stanford might start selling a token that costs a ton of money. And perhaps you purchase that, you know, with Bitcoin or cryptocurrency. Um, But now you have this token and it gives you access to that uh, campus forever, potentially, Mm -hmm. um, which I thought is also quite interesting.
0: Yeah, I think it's a good point when you talk about like that's the Louis Vuitton thing, right? Not my style, but because uh, <laughs> people often will say, like, all right, you got that Alec Monopoly NFT, but I screenshot it and I have it. Correct. And I think the, and you're in there.
2: The club. what do you say? I don't think you're like, you're not, you just have a picture of it, but you're not, you're not getting all the benefits that come with it. So, yeah.
0: And I think, but where I think the analogy is with like Louis Vuitton is, you can get a knockoff Louis Vuitton bag and walk around with that for, you know, twenty five dollars, or you can spend two thousand and or twenty thousand, whatever it is, and have a real one. Well, why wouldn't you just get the twenty five dollar knockoff that looks ninety percent as as good? It's it's tough to compare
1: to physical, you know. It's and you're absolutely right. It's you know, everybody can look at all of these things like. What was it this week was it Justin Bieber that bought the picture of the monkey for like 1.4 million or something we can all look at it but he owns it and he knows he owns it so the more you the more you talk about it or the, at least me the more I talk about it and think about it, it it's ridiculous it's absolutely ridiculous um but people are making money on it uh, because somebody else wants to buy that for more um or the uh, one of the ones that I think about a lot was the um the nft of the first tweet. And it yep. up for like $4 million um, or some some ridiculous number. And so everybody knows it exists and everybody can see it. And only, in fact, only one person tweeted it. But now somebody else owns it um, technically, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, it's very strange uh, and nothing you can do with it. Uh, you can't put it on your wall. You can't, but you can just tell people that you own it and sell it to somebody else.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think well, I do want to go into that. Um, But I've heard people talk about that people's wallets in the future become public. Not that people can access them, but you can see them. So just like you might look at my LinkedIn profile and be like, Oh, hey, he's interested in x, y, and z, or he worked there or this and that. Whereas if someone looks at your wallet in the future, They could say, oh, look, Adam owns an original Alec Monopoly. And he also has an NFT for this charity that he really likes to support. And it's a way to like almost show people what you care about or what you're interested in. Maybe it's a conversation starter. And I'm sure there are some people that will want it for a status reason. And like, oh, wow, he has the original Michael Jordan dunk. Like all right that's like that might be more attractive to me right i'd be like okay that's kind of cool but so i think you, you these things get layered in which is it's that status thing potentially it is the it says kind of who you are by what uh-huh. what you own and then there's the access piece which you're purchasing it straight to get into something and then there's the investment piece, which I think you were just saying, Adam, where you can now resell them. And, and I think we should talk about, you guys familiar with when you resell a portion, you can write the contract so that a portion goes back to the artist?
3: so didn't, didn't know that. I, I knew that the artist can write it in. Maybe that's just what you described, Joe, that...
2: The artist does write it in, yes.
0: Yeah. Yep.
2: Yeah. So the the selling, the sales.
0: Yeah. So like, let's say you want to support that artist out in San Francisco. You think he does great work or it's a younger artist and you're like, Hey, I really like what they do. I want to support them to know that not only did your original purchase support that artist, but then if you sell it down the line, every time that gets sold, for instance, the artist gets, Ten percent of that transaction. Mm -hmm. So, if that's a way to continue to drive more profit for that (laughs) artist, support that artist or a charity or something like that, I think that's.
3: Yeah, I think that's that's really interesting. Um, Mm -hmm. Joe, Joe, if you don't mind, like when I think about this and try to really dumb it down from my perspective of purchasing a piece of of artwork, um, you know, to add to what you were describing about you know, you're like a, a wallet that other people can see. So you're walking around and, you know, they can get an idea of like what you're interested in. I mean, it's it's no different really than you being, you, you having a home that's filled with artwork that could be, um, you know, highly sought after and somebody walks into your home and, you know, it's a famous like Monet painting, obviously. Not many people have a Monet, right? But, right. Um, you know, you're you're just, you're reaching a broader uh, market of people and showing off more by having that digital token, as opposed to, you know, the physical piece that's only in your home and only certain people are able to see. And I think we're getting away from like, maybe not so much the exclusivity part, um, but like with social, right. People love posting things about themselves and, you know, trying to show people what their lifestyle is like, I feel mm-hmm. like the NFTs kind of take that and further expand it, right? Because you're showing off like, hey, I purchased this exclusive digital artwork that only a, number, a certain number of people can own, but now I can broadcast that to like anybody in the world.
0: Mm. Yet, yeah, further pushes
3: our life into digital. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be right. cool. I don't, I don't
1: believe it exists, but just a screen on a wall where you could load your wallet up, and it would uh, just show your art, your digital art, um, where you could, you could, you know, it's digital, but but you can look at it.
2: I think you'll be able to go into museums very soon, maybe within the next year or two, um, and see NFTs that are up for sale or just really cool NFTs. Let's say you really you own a really expensive NFT. let's you know two million dollars you know maybe moma in new york will be like hey can we display it and give you you know this royalties royalties or whatever it is um and then everyone comes in to see a you know 8k picture that's you know the, the world's most expensive nft or something um but then you'll also be able to walk into galleries and purchase nfts that are just on display
0: hmm Hmm. Yeah. You're about to say something, Julian.
3: No, I just, okay. I think that's a, that's a super interesting concept. I haven't thought of that, but it makes total sense. And if you can make money off of, of that aspect of it too, that's even more of an, of an incentive for people to start buying them.
0: It's funny, I, you know, we're, <clears throat> we're talking about this because I want to learn and I want people that listen. To learn because I think some components of this are going to be valuable, but I almost feel like I have to say I am by no means like saying any of this is a good idea. <laughs> like, some of it might be, some of it sounds like horrible to me. I don't want to walk around in the metaverse and look at art, I want to go to an art museum and peacocking and status symboling because I have a Gucci NFT makes me want to throw up, right? Like, I like. So, but there's something fascinating happening here. So it's this weird dichotomy, push and pull of like, this is super interesting. There's potentially money to be made. I don't know if I'd want to make money that way or not. Like I may, I may not. The access thing is really, really intriguing to me. And also the kind of charity and supporting an artist is really so it's 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 weird. There's just a lot that's amazing and a lot that sounds gross to me.
1: Yeah, it, I agree with you fully, Joe. I mean, have you? I don't know if you've looked into Decentraland, which is a little bit off topic here, but I mean, you can buy course. plots of land on there for like five thousand bucks or something, and they're going up in price. And so I looked at it and I was like, I'm just so fundamentally opposed to owning a a plot of land in Decentraland that even if it can make money, like I just can't bring myself to do it, like because it just sounds mm-hmm. so miserable. Yes, it just makes me think of like yeah. Wally and everyone's just sitting at home with a screen on their face and just not <laughs> and it's just yeah. so sad that I
3: just don't want to be a part of it. I mean, mm. I think I think it's totally generational, though, right? Um, I think we're all outside of that generation where this has become really popular, like but being able to buy lands and, you know, buying other things within the so-called metaverse. Only read things about it. I haven't actually like looked into it personally, but from what I can I can tell, it's you know these younger kids who um, may only be in like high school who are super familiar with this way of of operating, you know, within this like digital universe. And I think it's going to become totally normal for them. And so, you know, if 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 that continues to grow with the, their generation, are we just going to be you know totally out of the loop and you know screwed if Probably. <laughs> right. It's tough yeah, though. Exactly. Is
1: it a world that you wanna be a part of? It's, right. Uh, and then you start talking about what Joe, it, it get, you can spiral in both directions, right?
0: So. I mean, it's a great like theoretical and philosophical conversation to have because you're right on like principle or morally, you, you might be opposed, but then there's a problem of, I'm a business owner. I may think this is the worst thing in the world, but I can either be involved or I can go out of business. Right. Right? So what are my options? And maybe I do want to go out of business and I'll be, have a fucking chicken farm, you know, up in New Hampshire <laughs> and screw all yous. And, you know, I'm going to own no metal land and I'm going to have my plot and my dog and, you know, hang sausage in the rafters, like, and say, fuck it. But I don't know, so, but I think, I think that's why it's important to have this conversation i think everybody that listens has to be prepared for where we're headed and i liked i heard someone talk about and this kind of morphs into a couple things but they said 20 years ago or 25 years ago when the internet was first happening if you said to people listen you're never gonna you're not gonna stop shop in a store anymore 90 percent of the time you're gonna buy everything on the computer Sears and the vast majority of department stores would be out of business. You know, all toy stores, electronic stores, 90% of them are all going to go out of business. There'll be a couple left and you'll still shop there sometimes, but everything else you're going to buy online. What would you have said? Yeah, no way. No way. You're crazy. Right. Like I can, you know, throw a net over him. Like it's, he's lost his mind. But we're here. So now we're talking about walking around in the Metaverse with our Gucci bag and we say, that's no, that's crazy. I wouldn't do that.
2: I think it will happen and it will happen soon. And that piece of land you don't want to buy, Adam, is probably going to be 10 times more expensive. <laughs> than what I'm it sure did.
1: it is. It's just <laughs> sad for me. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that I think is the, that's the balance we have to we have to strike and everybody on this thing also said that from an investment standpoint a lot of these are going to be worthless or i should say the vast majority is probably going to be worthless just like how many websites were there yeah that were i mean everyone says pets.com but there's a thousand pets.com where people were investing money in these companies and they were nothing more than a website. What's the one Gillette stadium was originally CMGI, Mm -hmm. I think stadium and they just completely evaporated. They were that big that they were, you know, sponsoring Gillette stadium and then they went away. So I think this is, it's definitely dangerous territory.
2: I think it's very unregulated right now and it's all up in the air and everyone's just trying to get a piece of it which is why it's a lot of hype and i think that hype is still going to go on for a little bit but then it's going to differentiate from you know the nfts and what the nft offers other than just being a picture on your phone because there are a couple of those right now where you can purchase an NFT and you get nothing except a piece of nft and there, there's this whole hype of like that's a fraud like you, you we should we don't buy that kind of stuff you got to buy the nfts that actually Give you something in return, either you know it's it's a piece of art or access to something or classes. Like um, I keep going back to this, but this is something that I'm like thinking of purchasing is the Fly Fish Club, which is Gary V's virtual restaurant um, mm. that is eventually going to be an actual restaurant in New York City. But until they open that restaurant, they're offering cooking classes every month. They're offering um, wine tastings, free like Gary V has his own wine, so they send you wine to your to your house kind of thing. So you're actually getting something because you're paying almost three grand for an access to a restaurant kind of
0: thing. Yeah, that sounds really interesting. Now, can I throw out some of the things that I'm thinking about? And then I'd be interested to brainstorm a little bit and hear what what your ideas would be. So as a way to learn I thought about having a, and I'd probably get an artist to do this. I have a couple in mind. This year we wanted to do it pre-COVID and then it kind of blew up. I did a a cigar meetup with predominantly listeners of the podcast, some just might be followers on social media, and it was the group of people that were like really involved and had expressed to me over the the years they would be interested in doing a cigar thing. Cause they see that I either talked about on the podcast or posted something. And they said like, Oh, Hey, like we should grab a cigar sometime. Or if I, I think I put online one time, I'm thinking about doing a cigar meetup. Anybody that commented or emailed me, I kind of put them on a list. And I want to say there's about 40 people on there. I sent the email out this year and said, Hey, I'm going to do a cigar meetup. Do you want to come? And there was 25 seats available because of the space that we had. And, you know, in 24 hours, it was full and we, I charged people, but this go around, I charge more as a way just to make sure people would show up. Because if you just made it free, everyone says, yeah, I'll go. And then no one shows up. So I think I charged like 20 bucks or something like that. But it was like, you got two cigars, a mass construction hoodie, and there was food everybody that was there just had a wonderful time. It was not like, it was like you got to do networking, but nobody was networking. It was just all people that had similar interests. And, uh, you know, we had to broom people out of the place. So like, I was like, wow, this was great. Every one of them was like, we need to do this again. And there was a lot of joke going on, like, oh, this is the Mass Construction Cigar Club. We should have this like meet more often. So my thought is I do an NFT that has a piece of art It was a picture of everybody in the cigar lounge. Maybe i like kind of make that like an impressionistic type thing or something like that. Sell that token. And that gives you access each year into that cigar meetup. Because I'm thinking I'm probably going to, it's a hassle to set it all up and it's expensive. So I'll probably charge a much higher number moving forward. That would get you access to that. You get the piece of art. And I'm trying to think about what else would go in there, but I'm curious. What do you guys think about that concept? And I'm doing it for two reasons. I don't think it's like, I don't think it's going to make me a boatload of money by any means, but I, I figure it's like a good way to learn. Cause how do I structure a contract? All that kind of stuff. Do you guys have thoughts on that idea? I think it's cool. Well, I mean, I, I like the
1: idea of the club and the exclusivity and things like that it it makes me think of like a brewery where they have like the mug club um and I would actually take that and bring it to a brewery and maybe we just invented or you just invented the idea like all right you got to buy the nft and then you get the mug club so you actually have that and so it's just like yours but all right now you buy this nft and you only release it to so many people and uh and maybe it, it'd be kind of fun if there was a new one every year maybe but if you had the previous one you got first access to the next one and you only meant 250 or something like that um but it comes with a real world event as well i, I really like that
0: oh so you would think i was thinking just do one of. Them. i would
1: do it every year in the first one second like it's just a because a, you want to keep building it up right and you got to keep people interested in coming back or like i mean you know as you take off joe and you know your your followers get exponential you don't want the people in a year or two to to be like oh shit i didn't know joe back then now now i'm out of luck
0: oh so i meant a couple of things i i thought of doing it just one nft and like that gets you access in perpetuity but i didn't even think what? of minting like five of them Or no one
1: but 250 copies yes,
0: yes. right but in this case like if the if the if it's 25 people that can attend i would mint 25 you're saying
1: yeah and then next year you know it maybe the event changes or something but yeah mint 25 and the next year those 25 people get the right to buy it. but then if they don't all buy it and you open it up again or something like
3: that yeah or, yeah, or, or maybe
1: opportunity. You, you go out of business
3: or if yeah. 25 people bought it and you know maybe they decided they don't want to go anymore or they moved away or they can't get there. They could sell that token to somebody else who's interested and yeah. like a new person could come in and, you know, you could write, you know, you get a percentage of, of that sale.
0: Yeah. Cause I was, I was, the original thought was I do one sell it for like 500 bucks or something like that. You get the art, which wouldn't be really the driver. Um, maybe it would, I don't know. And that gets you access for life for as long as I do them. Yeah, I like the idea of releasing
1: it every year and you build on it, you know, and you get, and then you have two and then
0: you have three. So does that, when you say release every year, that would get you just access to that year's event?
2: In theory. I I think that if you're selling me something that's an NFT and I'm paying for it, I want access to that club forever. But that doesn't mean that only the, you know, the 100 people that purchase initially will always always be the only people I see because every year you open up you know different um more more you know more nfts to be you mint more of them and people can purchase them so that eventually you have a thousand people in your club but only you know each event only allows you to have first 100 to register kind of thing mm. um and maybe eventually, and this is one of the questions I have, how many times does the Mass Construction Cigar Club meet? Because to have someone pay, you know, 500 bucks for once a year might not be as enticing as, hey, we meet, you know, four times a year. Hmm. And it's, and this is what's happening. And you're not only minting 20, but you're minting a 1,000. And then you have 1,000 people that have purchased, but... Every single time, you're only bringing only 50 people kind of thing. Mm. Yeah, you're not guaranteed to come in, but you can only come if you do own it. And then yes. whoever signs up, yeah, make it a wider audience. Oh. That's kind of cool. Yeah, and you can maybe give, um, like, hey, like, you know, Adam, you want to come and you want to bring someone. You want to bring a plus one. You can bring a plus one, but you got to pay an entrance fee for it.
0: That's interesting because I, I was so, like, I, my mind was so kind of focused around just it being one but as you guys are talking maybe it's a a tiered thing where it's like this is the the platinum there's going to be three platinum nfts that get you access to every single one forever you, you don't wait in line as long as i do them you go that's yes. uh, and then the other ones are, like, regular level, and that gets you... Um, One event a year. <laughs> something like that. You don't
2: um, get alcohol off the top shelf. <laughs>
0: I, I think the exclusivity is what
1: drives all of this stuff. Totally, yes. right? And that's what people pay for. Like, I think it's I think it's fun to have the different levels. Or maybe this is a... You, you can buy it, but it's a one-tier thing. But, and also doing a recurring and doing it forever is cool to buy those five. And then maybe they do get traded among people that are you know that just like to have that but also if you know january 5th every year joe drops a new cool nft and it gets you into his stuff you know or something like that for that
0: year yeah yeah uh,
1: i don't know I, I, I haven't heard anybody doing it so uh, i don't know hmm. but
0: i also thought do i and again this wouldn't be for a lot of people this would be kind of with the exclusive like maybe the exclusive includes also a podcast to talk about any topic that that person wants as a way to like layer in, layer in some value, like you come on the show, we have a 30 minute show about whatever topic that is not your business. (laughs) uh, I I don't think anyone wants to listen to an infomercial. But depends uh, on how
1: expensive the NFT is, right?
0: Yeah, no, I'm not selling. I can't sell out. I can't, I can't do it. It would have to be interesting. I'd have to say. Listen, they're gonna know your business by the nature of you being on there, and be great. Bye. Right. Well, you guys have opened my thoughts up. Uh, I get we're over an hour now, so I'm appreciative of your time. I don't want to. Um,
2: I think you should definitely check out Fly Fish Club. It's very similar to what you're doing. Um, they have a website. Fly fish
0: like fly fishing. Like
2: yeah like fly as in flying and and it's very similar to what you want to do they have i can't remember what it is i think it's like a thousand regular fly fish and then there's like the omakase room that gets you into an exclusive room in the restaurant it's more Mm. expensive and there's less less of those that were minted um so i'd say just take a look at it it's yeah they'll give you some ideas
0: like that is a restaurant going to be in new york Yes. Hmm.
3: Joe, just don't forget about us, though. I need to make up for my bonehead mood earlier. You know, I want to be able to buy another NFT and listen, I think
2: think we get automatic access just by being on the podcast to the NFTs first draw before the public.
0: (laughs) I don't know what it means, but you guys can be whitelisted. I'll say that. And we'll all go to dinner at whatever the name of this restaurant is going to be when either Mohammed yeah. or I buy the... Yeah, Muhammad's going to have to let us in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, this is great. Uh, I think everybody that listened or is going to listen will really appreciate it. And then I appreciate the feedback. So um, this was awesome. And um, thanks for having us. Yeah, it was fun.
3: Yeah. Thank you. Right on. Yeah. And you know thanks, what?
0: Joe. Maybe even a year or two from now. Maybe yeah, I throw something we'll on the follow. calendar and we come back on and either laugh Adam at ourselves. Buying, buying we'll we have our, our Gucci bags. Yeah, maybe yeah, I'll find like, my Monopoly
1: picture by then.
0: Yeah, you know, like maybe, <laughs> I like the idea of even either looking like complete idiots or looking like geniuses. But I'm not, um, so maybe I'll do that. I'm going to send a calendar invite out for two years from now on this day. Nice. And we'll do this again. Sounds good. Look forward to it. Awesome. (laughs) Bye. All right, guys. guys. Appreciate it. So, Mask Ons, what do you think? Where are we going with NFTs? Will I make an NFT? Should I make an NFT? Would you purchase an NFT uh, if I did that? Will we be walking around in the metaverse? Will, will we be having a construction cigar meetup in the metaverse? All these questions I want to hear back. So don't forget in the show notes is a place to leave an audio message. There's a place to support the show there. So anybody, if you're interested, please like, share, review. All those things help. Subscribe helps. Please go ahead and subscribe. Uh, that gets us found as well. So. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed this. Looking forward to our future together. Take care.